Hi everyone, I'm Sinhara and welcome to the Black Girl's Guide to Fertility podcast. This show is for all women who are dealing with infertility, but is specifically dedicated to Black women because we have a problem with opening up when it comes to this issue. And I don't want to leave out the men, you guys are welcome here too. On today's episode, I'm going to continue talking with my husband to get the male perspective on infertility. So here is part two. Age ain't nothing but a number. Okay, so let's talk about age. Uh, because a lot of times you you say to me, um, well, you know, you can't get all upset about the fact that you're not pregnant yet because you waited until you were 31 to have a kid. And I'm like, and what world is 31 old? I mean, what world... You know, when we started this six years ago, like what world is being 31? Like when did that become old to have a child, especially in this day and age? Um, So do you want to, you know, elaborate on that and why you feel that, you know, age is important, you know, for women and why you feel that 31 is too old to start trying to have a kid? Okay, first... You're you're trying to get me in trouble. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm dragging you a little bit, but I mean these are conversations okay. that we have all the time, and usually I look at you like, "What are you talking about?" And so you know, I'm just letting people into the world of the conversations that we have, you know, pretty much weekly. And yeah, what is your what are your thoughts about that, husband? Okay, so these are my my thoughts. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay, so. A woman is born with a certain amount of eggs, correct? Mm-hmm. They're not like men. Men keep creating sperm and creating sperm and creating sperm. We can keep on creating sperm. However, a woman, unfortunately, at the age of 13 or 14, whenever they start their menstrual cycle, they or start ovulating at whatever that young age is, is when they start using those number of eggs up. So they start depleting them in long term. Okay. So biologically, from my understanding of what I've read and understood, is that it is, you have the, I don't know if the word strongest, but the healthiest amount of embryos, or sorry, not embryos, of eggs, and between the age of like 20, 28, average, not everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, at the age of 31, which you were when we met, you still had eggs. Mm-hmm. You still had healthy eggs. Mm-hmm. However, you know, I noticed that the pain and the hurt that you have been through, you know, and I know the panic that I saw in your face and in conversations that we have is that as you kept aging, 32, 33, so on, that you were starting to get into a panic mode. And you and I had a conversation. I don't remember exactly what it was, but, you know, you were getting angry at life, not life. You were getting angry at the fertility process and how wrong you felt it was. And my comment was not to be mean to you is that, listen, Mm -hmm. we all made choices. You waited till you were 31, 32 years old to start thinking about conceiving when realistically, you had more eggs and healthier eggs when you were younger. Your body was healthier. All these things. Not saying you cannot conceive because otherwise we went through this okay. process. 
Okay, husband. So what do you recommend to, you know, women who are not married yet? You know, when I got 31, when I was 31 and we got married, are you saying that I should have just been trying to have a child with someone prior to that? No, um, not at all. So then what I don't really understand. I'm saying that I agree that the fertility process or the way fertility works is unfair based off the way society is. The way society is, is that, you know, we're taught or your your young women are taught career first, focus on your career, focus on your education and so on. And by the time they have their life in order per se for what they believe their life is in order, they have reached the age of 30 to 35. Let's just say 35. Let's say the time they go to college, the time they get their career in order, they've established what they're going to be in life and so on. They are around 35, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate because... That's when you, me, together, wanted to conceive. But the problem is we're running out of eggs. We're running out of time. And unfortunately, time is a problem for you and I having a child based off of embryo count. It's unfair. There's nothing else I can say about that. It's unfair, but it is a situation. My advice to somebody who grew up before they even, you know, as a kid, that I want to have a child, I want to have a child, I want to have a child, and this is what I want to do. My advice to them is, if you want to have a child, know, be educated enough to know, not be educated enough, but educate yourself enough to know your body and how it's working so you don't decide at the age of 40, I want to have a child. You know, I remember you and I were talking to the doctor, and I don't remember the numbers, and maybe you do. Is that they said even to freeze your eggs, waiting until your late 30s is not even worth it. And I don't know if that's true or false, but I think that's what we heard. And maybe we didn't hear from a doctor because of the age. They I mean, typically- I, do, I do remember a doctor saying that, but, you know, my opinion, if there are women out there and they're not married or, you know, even if you you know, just want to have children, you're not interested in being married or whatever your case is, I I would go freeze my eggs. I don't care if you're 38, 39, whatever. I would go freeze them because you just never know. You know, you never know if it's going to work or, you know, how many eggs you can retrieve. You know, you're not going to know until you do it. And I think having an option is better than not having an option at all. Well, I believe, yeah, and I believe in freezing your eggs from my experience of a man who had a bisectomy at the age of 22 and never thought I'd want to have another child. And 20 years later, coming to my senses and realizing, hey, I have a wonderful wife. She wants to be a mother. She's going to be a great mother. So I would have never guessed that. So if I could have did something back then and knew difference, yes, I would have. So if, if you're asking me my advice for a younger woman who and who is going to focus on her career and, and getting her education and getting her life in order. If you have always wanted to have a child and you know that is something you're going to want to do, do not wait. It's just, just my um, my belief and my um, suggestion to you. Do not wait till you are 35 or 40 to have a baby or freeze your eggs prior to that So you have options when you're in your 40s and, you know, people are having children at 50 now because they have done this process or you can choose to have a surrogate or so on. Um, That would be my advice. And my suggestion also is for men. You know, if you're single, you're thinking about getting married, I would go get a sperm analysis because, again, we know all too often that people or society think you know, or put a lot of emphasis on women's issues, 
but there are a lot of men out there because I've come in counter with a lot of them uh, who are in denial about the fact that they, you know, cannot, um, you know, get their wives pregnant or that they have fertility issues that they don't want to talk about or that they don't want to confront. I recommend you going to get a sperm analysis so you also know what you're working with when you come to the table. Right. And the doctors will also be able to tell you which which men are not taught what vitamins are best for us, what vitamins we should be taking to that just help us to become healthier and help with the reproduction of our sperm to keep reducing. And, you know, the big theory, which I always thought until we went to the doctor of sperm, is that if I waited, if you and I waited two weeks, let's say you just had your menstrual cycle, and if I would wait not to have sex with you until you were ovulating, you would have a better chance of getting pregnant because I would have a larger ejaculation. That's the best way I can say it. Mm -hmm. But it's false because the truth is every doctor out there will tell you that a man needs to continue to have an ejaculation during the trying to conceive process, us trying to get pregnant because we want to keep those sperm, I guess, in the way of, I don't know what the best way to say is flowing, keep it going, keep them healthy, keep them fresh. So you want to keep having an ejaculation every two or three days. Now that sounds wonderful. Um, in the thought of when you're married, we're going to have sex every two or three days, but that's unrealistic and it actually won't be enjoyable in long term. No baby. So going back to the beginning from when we first started trying, um, you would always tell me every month that I was pregnant and actually really started getting on my nerves because, (laughs) you know, I know my body. And so, you know, I know my period's coming. I can feel it. You know, I know all the signs of that. And so you'd be like, oh, you know, like you mentioned earlier, you got a nosebleed, you're pregnant. Or, you know, your boobs are sore, you're pregnant. I'm like, my my boobs get sore before my cycle starts. Like, you know, that's not anything that's a big deal. You know, whatever the symptom was, you would say I had it and you would say that, that, that I'm pregnant. You even went as far as to rubbing my stomach, talking to my stomach, saying hello to the child. And I would be like, I don't know what you're doing. Like, my cycle is coming tomorrow. And so... Do you want to talk about that a little bit? You know, I absolutely, do. I <laughs> were, absolutely. Were you were you just do. hopeful? Because I know a lot of times you try to say that I'm being negative, which I'm really not being negative. I just know, just like people know, you know, their bodies, you know, just like you know what time you need to be to work. You know what's happening with your body. Like you can feel it. And so whenever I said my cycle was coming, he would say I'm being negative, but I'm not being negative. I know that my cycle is coming. So do you want to talk about that? Absolutely. So here is my advice to every man and woman out there trying to conceive. Not advice. I want you to see it from a different perspective. Women, and I'm going to talk about my wife specifically, we feel excluded in the process of conceiving once we have provided the sperm. There is nothing. We can't feel nothing. We have no symptoms. There is nothing. So I feel, because I'm just as excited as her in this whole uh, um, conceiving process and the fertility process and her getting pregnant, is that we want to be included. We want to know, hey, 
I feel something or no, nothing today or hey, my boobs are getting sore or hey, I don't feel nothing or I have um, um, not cervical mucus. I have um, spotting. I have implantation bleeding. bleeding. I have something. The problem with you and I, and I don't know if this is everybody else, is that you did not want to talk about it. You didn't want to think about it. You I guess didn't want to I talk always about told it. you that my cycle was coming. For some reason, you just didn't believe me. So then after a while, I'm just like, hmm. okay, well, let I'm me, not just going to say anything. It, let me finish my answer. Thank you very much. Ew, rude. <laughs> <laughs> so because you excluded me in everything, I would try to look for symptoms. I would try to be optimistic. I would try to be a part of the process, even if it wasn't necessarily the best way of going about it by rubbing your stomach. Even if now, I was making up symptoms. <laughs> I wasn't making, I was hoping, I was looking for symptoms, hoping that I was seeing something that you didn't because I did feel during this whole baby making process and you, and or the two week wait, I guess that's a better way. The two week wait is horrible because we know you ovulated, we've provided the sperm, and now you don't want to talk about it. So in my feeling, and my feelings were, I want to know what's going on. I want to know, are you feeling anything today? But I didn't want to overwhelm you because I did know that you have mentioned it many times. I don't want to keep talking about it. I don't. I feel like my period is going to start any day. But then one of the symptoms of getting pregnant is period-like symptoms. So I didn't necessarily believe you when you said, oh, I feel like my period's coming because that's one of the signs of a lot of people misdiagnose is that they think their period's coming, but they're actually, it's implantation cramping or bleeding or something's going on. So I was trying to look at, not trying to, I was just looking at it in a positive way that we are going to be successful one day. And I still feel that way. We are going to be successful one day. You're going to be pregnant one day, but it is very hard to be excluded from the process when we are just as involved in it as you are, except for we are not physically doing anything besides providing sperm, but we still are part of the process. You know, if you have a headache, if you're if you're sleepy, trust me, if the moment you say I'm sleeping, you're not a napper. But if midday after we've done the um, IUI or IVF and a week later you say I'm sleepy, I get excited because I'm thinking maybe you've we finally succeeded so these are the things that are going through a man's mind because we cannot physically feel what you're feeling and oftentimes and i don't know about all women but for you and i you did not discuss it whatsoever you didn't mention a symptom you didn't mention anything the only thing you would say to me is once your period came is my period came and that would be the only thing because you you were very very hopeful even when i said even when you would say, oh, well, you had this and this symptom, you know, you're pregnant. And I would say, no, I'm not. I can feel my cycle coming. And then you were very hopeful. And so I wasn't going to keep on saying to you or keep reiterating, oh, my cycle is coming, especially when you were hopeful, you know. And so there really was nothing else to say except for when it did come. Hmm, my cycle's here. But you also, come on, be fair now and be honest. I'm being You honest. also, after trying this for a period of time, you did not even think it was going to be like you looked like you were preparing yourself for it not happening more than you were preparing for it to happen. And because of that, right. So because of that, that affected me more because I'm 
excited. I'm hopeful, but I know that you're not hopeful. And you're thinking this isn't going to happen again. This is just going to be another failure, which I understand your feelings of doing this and to prepare well, yeah, yourself. I think after six years, I mean, I think that's a normal, a normal feeling, you know, right. not saying that you should or normal, shouldn't have it, but, but I mean, but, it's a normal, in my opinion, normal, normal reaction. But if I, you know, as a soldier who's going to combat, I don't go into a mission and think we're going to fail this mission. I just don't think that. I think, okay, okay we're I, gonna... don't, I don't go into it thinking that just when I start feeling my cycle coming, then I'm like, hmm, okay, well, you know, it didn't work this month. Right. I go into thinking we're going to succeed this month. And then when you don't, I immediately switch to, okay, we're going to succeed next month. I know we're going to succeed one day and I want to be a part of the process whenever you do succeed from the very beginning, from the first sore boob, from the first implantation bleeding, from whatever symptom you get, I want to be a part of it. I understand that I probably will not be, but I I want to be. And I think most men want to be. They're excited. You know, I don't want to find out you're pregnant when you say um, I'm pregnant because the doctor told me I want you to say for me, hey, I might be pregnant or I'm feeling something or even if it's not even if it's not a successful month or a, I still want to be a part of it. And I understand that it's difficult. So I don't force that on you anymore. I let it be and I go into my own little world and look at my uh, apps and I go to the two week wait um, website. I think it's called two week wait or whatever. And I look at other people's blogs and what they're going through and so on. Unfortunately, it's mostly all women and not men. I would love to hear what men are thinking and feeling, but I have my own way of dealing with it now in hopes of this is going to be a successful month of you getting pregnant. And if it doesn't, then I move on to the next month because I am not a quitter, as you know, and I know we are going to succeed eventually. I'm hoping sooner than later, but I do feel like we're going to succeed eventually. Go on and celebrate without me. So recently I was moping around the house um, and really because we had, we did a second IVF and that one failed as well. And so um, I was moping and my husband said to me, well, you don't have any reason to be depressed. You know, you have all these good things going for yourself. And he out- outlined all the great things that were happening in my life. And he said, you know, the good outweighs the bad. And, you know, you don't have any reason to be, you know, upset or depressed. And so I was talking to another friend about it on Sunday. And, you know, she's gone through fertility treatments. And she was like, she said to my husband, she has every right to be depressed. Like, what are you talking about? You know, so we having this back and forth conversation about it. And so I always feel that because he does have children, even though they're adults, you know, the, the feeling is always going to be one-sided and one-sided in a sense that, you know, he understands what I'm going through and he, you know, as a couple, you know, we're both in this walk together, but still me never having had children, I'm still alone in that feeling because he's had children and, you know, he's been there you know, when children were born and and he's been there to hold them and to see them and all that stuff. I've never experienced that. And so a lot of times I feel alone in my feelings because, you know, in our relationship, I'm the only one who doesn't have children. 
And, you know, when holiday, I've talked about when holidays come around, you know, that's like a very sad time. And, you know, in a few months we'll have Mother's Day coming up and Father's Day coming up. And of course, you know, my parents are, are here, you know, on this earth and I celebrate them, you know, but, you know, I have no one to celebrate me. And, you know, he does have people, you know, he has children to celebrate him. And so I just want to, you know, get his feelings, you know, on how he feels during these holidays and how he feels during Mother's Day and Father's Day, you know, when he has children to celebrate him. Um, and I, on the other hand, don't have, I don't have that. So I'm not sure if I understand the question because you went over lots of things. First, you said something about when you're moping around yeah, and me I, saying you have the, no well, reason to. Specifically this last time when I was getting depressed and then you told me I had no reason to be depressed. Okay. And so we were no, talking let's about, talk about that. Yeah, we were talking yeah. about it on Sunday and our mutual friend said she has every right to be depressed. So, yeah. Okay. So this is when you and I don't see eye to eye. I did not say that you have no reason to be depressed. I said you have no reason to give up. I felt like you were giving up but then you on said the depressed. process. First you said depressed, then later on you said giving up. Okay. Well, I'm focusing on, and that's what I was thinking from the very beginning, is that I felt like you were quitting and giving up on the process. And I felt like you have no reason to give up yet. It, they never promised that it was going to be successful in two attempts of the IVF process. I understand we've been doing this for six years. We've done IUI. We've yeah, done they they every never promised it was going to be successful, but they were very shocked both times having, you know, the situation that we're in really having minimal problems. They were very shocked that it didn't work. Okay. So let me make sure I say this without sounding as if I'm not sympathetic to what you're feeling. I am, you and I are working very hard at getting pregnant. And when you and I are doing something together and we are not at the end of the process, meaning we have not conceived a child yet, that will be the final, that will be when we end. We don't need to do this anymore. Until then, I don't want or to see that we've worked so hard at getting here to see or feel like you have given up because I feel like this last IVF process, you said, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. And I don't think that's fair to us because we have many more chances ahead of us to continue to try to have and succeed in this pregnancy. Just like the doctor said, we let's, let's do a mock um, biopsy. Uh, biopsy, which is when they do every, you do all the shots, you do everything that you would do up until the transfer of the embryo. And instead of them transferring the embryo, Let's do a biopsy to see if maybe you have too much progesterone, too much estrogen, or too what's going on in your body. When she said that, you didn't respond at all. You just said, nope, not like in your mind, nope, not doing it. Because I knew from being with you that at that moment you had given up. And because I felt like you were giving up, instead of me going there with you, I needed to stand firm in that we are not giving up. We have no reason to give up. There's no reason for us to believe that you're not going to get pregnant because we have a t we have tries ahead of us because we still have embryos out there that are frozen that we can continue to try until the last one is gone. And when you had given up before we had reached the last amount of our embryos that we have, I felt like you were quitting and I did could not be the person in your life that sits there and says 
yep, let's give up or go there with you because it would just would have fed you the negativity. So I had to stand firm and say, you don't have a you don't have a leg. You don't have a reason to be depressed right now. We still have chances ahead of us. There's no reason why um, the doctor said there's no promise to you that we couldn't continue and all these things. So that was why I made that stand to you, because if I had joined you in this moment of let's give up together, I don't think we would be focused mentally on continuing and succeeding. Does that answer your question? Um, yeah, it answers it. I mean, I never I never felt like I wasn't going to do the bi- the biopsy. I mean, I am going to do the biopsy. Well, I, now I just you felt didn't like, say that. Then. You did not say that then. You were well, very clear in saying no. I'm I, not wasting my time with that. I'm well, not I gonna- didn't I didn't say no. I I felt more so that, you know, especially that this whole experience, I feel like more now I'm becoming a guinea pig. Because like, okay, this doesn't work, this doesn't work, this doesn't work. Let's try this, let's try this, let's try that. And so, you know, of course, you know, with your doctors and nurses and stuff, you know, they all want you to win. They all want, you know, you to walk out there, walk out of the office, you know, pregnant. Um, but I also feel like it comes a time where you become a guinea pig. And for me, like, I'm, I'm beginning more and more to feel like I'm at that stage. Okay, well, this should have worked, it didn't work. This should have worked, it didn't work. Okay, let's try this, let's not try this. Let's do this. Oh, that well, that's not going to work for you. And so there becomes a time where you just feel like you're, you know, a lab rat. And you walk out of that experience having failed each time. And you're just like, what am I doing with my life? You know? Right. And it so, is very difficult. It is a very difficult process because none of it, none of it is natural. There's nothing natural about IVF to me. There's nothing natural about IUI. There's no connection. It is literally being in a lab and trying to conceive. It is not the best experience. However, that being said, the outcome of doing it all, being the lab rat, me having to go into this sperm analysis room, me having to do these things, it is an awful process. However, the end result for you and I will be a child. And for me, I'm not giving up on the possibility of you and I having a child together and living our lives as parents to our child together. So that is why I've stood firm. And then to quickly just talk about the second part of that question is when I talked about holidays and how, you know, it can be very depressing, very sad and, you know, Christmas and all that stuff. And so now in a few months, we'll have Mother's Day coming up. We'll have uh, Father's Day coming up before those holidays get there. We'll have Easter coming up, you know, when people come to church, you know, with their children, they're all dressed up, you know. And so for me, I always feel, you know, one-sided, you know, in terms of the fertility because I don't have children, you know, but you do have children. So how do you feel, um, you know, on those holidays, on Mother's Day, Father's Day, um, how do you feel on those days knowing that we don't share any children together? Yes. I, what I feel is conscious. I'm very conscious of those days. I'm very conscious of what you're feeling those days and what your mood is. I don't discuss it with you. I don't ask you how you're doing today. I don't mention Mother's Day except for to call my mother or for to call your mother or so on for Mother's Day or Father's Day and so on. I don't celebrate it as you think I would, even though I have children. I don't celebrate those days knowing that it could, and I didn't know until this very second that it maybe it bothers you. 
Um, but I'm just very conscious of not celebrating it because until you and I have that time to do it together, not saying that I don't enjoy being a father and I don't enjoy Father's Day and having my children call me and say Happy Father's Day or text me or whatever's going on. Those days are great. You know, Father's Day, in my opinion, is not as wonderful as Mother's Day and all these other days, but um, I'm very conscious of it. So to answer your question, I'm just um, I just don't celebrate. I don't consciously make a day or an effort of those days or ask for something specifically on those days from you. You know, I, I never say it's Father's Day. Do something for me. And I just don't celebrate them because I know that this could be a sensitive topic for you. And I know you want to conceive. So I just leave it alone. I'm Sinhara Eastman, and thank you for listening to the Black Girl's Guide to Fertility podcast. You can stay connected with this movement on my website, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And if you haven't already, please join my mailing list at blackgirlsguidetofertility.com and on sinharaeastman.com. And please stay tuned for part three of this series, where my husband tries to choose the right words to say.